Would you pray with me as we look at Scripture today? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're grateful. As Asher said earlier, that anytime we're together, God, we get to be in your presence and uh, be reminded of who you are and who we are and why that matters in our everyday lives. So thank you for this group of people. Thank you for the hospitality of this school. Thank you that you are so gracious to us that uh, no matter how many times we may have turned a different direction, you're always waiting to welcome us, to forgive us, to restore us, and to point us back in the right direction. And so God, we pray that you continue to speak to us as we look at your word this morning and celebrate the 10-year story of your work through Mill City Church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I've been crazy nostalgic this month. Ryan and I had lunch the other day. We were talking about early days where he was buying a house in northeast Minneapolis and there really wasn't even a church there yet. Uh, and him and Stacy were taking the plunge, uh, even though we had really no idea what Mill City Church would be like. And many others of you who were around in those very early days, hopefully this is a fun month where we get to kind of share some of those early days stories. Uh, one of the things that we're celebrating as we think about Mill City, what God's done through Mill City in 10 years, is that we're going we're gonna to start a new church. And so today I want to talk about why we're going to start a new church in 2019 as we uh, get ready to send out Pastor Christian Ann and Pastor J.D. Larson to help start another church that's similar to Mill City Church. And they're going to be up here in a minute. I didn't just I, like anticipate some friends or hope for some friends. They're going to come and sit with me in a minute. Uh, and kind of explain to you their heart behind what that new church will be like. But one of the questions that we, we get when we start talking about starting a new church, anytime you start talk about starting a new church, is now why in the world would we start another church? Like, have you have you looked around? There's a lot of churches. And uh, as we were thinking about that and talking with some of you about that, which is, it's a great question. I remember the same question being asked when we came here to Northeast Minneapolis ten years ago, um, and trying to meet with some of the other churches. One of the things I did was drive around the neighborhood uh, that is northeast Minneapolis and just count all the churches, all the church buildings, I should say. And some of the church buildings have multiple church communities meeting in them. And I don't know, I don't know how accurate, this is like Mike's driving around accuracy, so it could be off. But I counted 42 church buildings in northeast Minneapolis. Uh, and so as we were thinking about our calling to come and help start a new church community here, uh, we had to answer the question, well, why, why do we need 43, right? And so here was one of my answers back then. I think it's still, still true. There's 35,000 people in Northeast Minneapolis alone. There are 42 church buildings. Still, to this day, only two or three that I know of have more than 100 people in them on a Sunday morning. So even if they all averaged 100 people in a minute Sunday morning, that would be 4,200 people in church in Northeast Minneapolis. I happen to have a guess that about half of those people drive in from other places to come to church in Northeast Minneapolis. So maybe, generously, 2,500 people go to church in Northeast Minneapolis from Northeast Minneapolis to Northeast Minneapolis churches out of 35,000. And what happens when you start talking about starting a new church is People say, well, why do we need new churches? Well, because there's a couple people left who are still not engaged <laughs> in a congregation. My friend Steve Treichler at Hope Community Church, he used to say, I think we need like 200 new churches, not just one or two in Minneapolis. We need like 200. We need a new one in every neighborhood because new churches can do things and engage people in ways that 
other churches can't. So we felt called by God to come here, but one of our strong commitments, and a strong commitment of the new church plant too, is that we don't come to prove that a new church is better than an old church. Or to try to get people from other churches that have been here a while to, to come over. And so one of the things I did is I went sort of door to door to try to meet with pastors and say, it is, it is not our intention at all to try to get anyone from your church to come to our church. And if that happens and you know about it, call me. Because we want to reach people who are not currently engaged in church and who don't necessarily know Jesus Christ. That was our intention. And still resulted in lots of great partnerships, except one, one pastor who's not there anymore did try to hire me as his youth pastor on the spot to prevent Mill City Church from existing. Which would have been a disaster because Mill City Church wouldn't be here, which would be bad, but worse for that youth group. Would have been, that would have been awful. Those so uh, one of the reasons why we feel so strongly about trying to help start another church is that we're so grateful that Mill City Church exists. And if a group of people hadn't said we feel called by God to start Mill City, none of us would be here and that wouldn't be good. But we also know that this is part of the DNA of being a follower of Jesus and being um, God's people. And so I want to read, you, read to you from Genesis chapter, three, a pa- or chapter 12, a passage that some of you would be familiar with. But it kind of grounds biblically why it's important for us to keep moving into new spaces in efforts like a new church plant. Here's what it says in, in chapter 12 in Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Those of you who've been around Mill City have heard me say this several times. It's, bearing, it's worth repeating this morning. God calls us to be fruitful and to multiply. That's different than find a whole bunch of friends you like and hang out until you die. That's not the commandment. He says go into these new spaces because the design of God's blessing is to work through the conduit of the local church so that the world may know who Jesus is and be blessed by their work. But that means we have to keep God's blessing moving through us. We can't collect it. We can't save it. We can't protect it in some sort of bubble that we create. We have to let God's blessing continually flow through us as individuals and as a group into new parts of the world that need to know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus cares about their community. The temptation constantly in any church's life, no matter how old, is to consolidate what you love about a church and try to keep it that way. Try to keep your friends and try to keep your habits and try to keep your worship services and try to keep your physical locations and just try to, we love it, we're happy with it. Why would you change it if it ain't broke? Don't fix it, right? But really the thing that makes Mill City, Mill City, is that we've been pressing into this new territory the whole time. And that's the thing that actually makes it great. It's part of its DNA. So if we don't keep letting God's blessing flow through us as a conduit into the world, we become, as I've been telling you the last couple times I've talked about this, a stinky pond. But today, I brought images of a stinky pond. Okay? Tell me if you've ever seen one of these. You seen that one? Show me the other one. Yeah, that one's good too. Here's one thing I learned about stinky ponds this week. So stinky pond, in case you haven't heard about this yet, is a body of water where it's, there's no water flowing in or out. 
So after a time, stuff grows in it. It gets nasty. And here's, here's the kicker. Here's why it's really bad in Minnesota. That's where all the mosquitoes are born. The mosquitoes are born in the stinky ponds. So if we could just fix the stinky pond problem, we'd not only have better churches, but we'd have less mosquitoes. Which seems like a good, a good yeah, people can get on board with that. So this idea is that sometimes when a church doesn't allow God's blessing to flow through it, it's, it just gets stagnant. And, and after a time, even though th- uh, things might seem good at the present moment, they go bad. They go sour. Weird things start growing in the weird corners. And um, the, the constant flow of new energy and the Spirit's inspiration can't come through us. And so now we have a group of people who are saying, hey, we feel called to start a new church. We feel called by God to go start a new church in a new area. And it's our opportunity to step into that risk and, and to have some of you go with them and help them get this new church started to uh, hopefully have a similar story to the one that Mill City's experienced for the last 10 years. As I was thinking about the ways in which Jesus modeled this for us, to, to swing into the New Testament, I remember the story in Mark uh, chapter 1 where uh, it's early in Jesus' ministry and early in the book of Mark that Jesus has gone into this town and taught some people and then started healing some of the sick people who were there. Uh, And after he's healed a whole bunch of people, here's the description of something that happened. It says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you! And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. There were many moments in Jesus' ministry where he could have set up a megachurch shop and said, hey, let's just stay here. We can probably do some multi-site stuff. We can just consolidate power and have a great you know, community right here. But he never did that. He always moved on. And it seems like even when the crowds get large is when he gets the most uncomfortable. And then he says, no, this is good. It's good that these folks are hearing the message of the good news of the kingdom of God, but we've got to keep going on. And so uh, modeling or listening to Jesus and following after Jesus as a church means that we can't ever feel like we've just arrived and it's okay to just stay where we are because Jesus is saying, well, I have to always go on to the next place. So this isn't a one-off thing, I don't think, for Mill City Church. It's part of who we are. It's the reason we're here in the first place. So we get the chance to be part of this as J.D. and Christian Ann lead it, but it's also going to be the ongoing question that we ask. How do we continue to be a conduit of God's blessing to the world? And how do we follow Jesus' uh, model in saying, who else needs to hear? Who else needs to experience? One of the great greatest gifts of Mill City Church has been that people who were hurt by church or had a hard time with church or didn't think they could ever go to church again found some healing in this church. And I I think desperately we need more and more churches that can do that for people because that group of people, the number of those people is going up, isn't it? So to have churches with transparent leadership who care about the neighborhood, with transparent finances, and with clear mission to how they're supposed to engage their local community in the name of Jesus would be wonderful to have one or two more of those, wouldn't it? So uh, I'm going to invite these guys to come up, and I'm going to show you this visual as they're coming up. 
that JD put together um, that we can make available to you online too. Um, it's a really great snapshot of why anybody should start a new church. Um, but in particular, uh, these are some of the, the key reasons that I want to talk briefly about before these two start sharing. This new worship service time is screwing me all up. I don't know when I'm supposed to stop. I don't know when I'm supposed to start. All right, I got a few minutes though. So, uh, one of the things that we know about new churches is that people meet Jesus in new churches in ways that sometimes it's hard for existing churches. So, when you hear of a new church coming around, when you hear the vision that they have for their new church, you're going to go, oh man, I know some people who are going to want to go to that that maybe wouldn't come to Mill City Church. Or you know some people that live closer to where they're going to start a church and they're going to say, ah, I know that they're going to want to go and engage with that because it's close to their house or they've been looking for a church in that area or there are some people who are interested about spiritual things that I know would connect because it's closer to where they are. Um, so start a new church in part because it'll help reach people who want to know who Jesus is or want to be part of a church community but just can't do it with the, the options that are available to them now. Uh, the second visual there shows that about 12% of residents in the Twin Cities are currently engaged in a church. Isn't that an astonishing fact? And our, our kind of back-of-the-napkin calculations that I just shared with you, say maybe in the urban core, it's more like 5 to 8% of people. There's a lot of people who don't want to be involved in church. That's where we're living. So starting new churches really helps because it gives people a fresh opportunity to try a new thing and try a different thing, to maybe give church another chance or to give church a first chance. And that's awesome. And the last two images are really about what God is doing, which is core to our theology, that God is active and present already in these neighborhoods that we're entering into. And our goal is to figure out what it is that God is already doing and join in that work. That's been our refrain for 10 years, and that will be the approach that these guys take to the new neighborhoods. And maybe most importantly, that it's God's calling that drives us to do new things. We didn't just sit around in a room, as you're going to hear right now, and think, what would be fun to do in 2019? In, <laughs> Christian Ann's bored. She's only got two kids, and it's not enough. <laughs> Is that right? You're just, you can't, you wake up in the morning, you think, I don't know what I'm going to do with my day? That's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. Rosie wakes me up. Actually. Rosie wakes says, you what up. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do with our day? Um, that's not what happened. These guys have been praying. We've been praying about what God wants for our church. Many of you have been praying as covenant members as we've been asking the question, how do we include more people in Mill City Church as more and more people keep coming to our church and wanting to be included? And uh, the story they're about to tell you is a clear description of God's calling, God's invitation, that God wants a new church to exist, that it isn't just a good idea, but that it's God's idea. Uh, and that's what drove Mill City Church to be here in Northeast Minneapolis, and that's what's driving their story. So let me just invite you guys to kind of bring us up to speed. We're so thrilled to be part of this journey with you. Yeah, we're, we're excited for the opportunity to share with you all what God's been doing. And we, we thought we'd just back up a little bit and, and, and first of all, just share how we came to this moment. Um, and I would say uh, it, it's been a long time coming but uh, probably a little bit longer than God intended. I, I feel like um, this has been in our hearts for a while, but we haven't been able to name it, I would say. And uh, probably this winter sometime, it just came to a point where we're, we couldn't shake it. I think you said once uh, in a conversation that calling is a little bit more uh, something that won't let go of you instead of something you can't let go of. And that's very much what it felt like to plant this church, that something that had been inside of us, that had been in the back of our mind for a long time, that we couldn't, 
couldn't shake. And this winter, it became unavoidable. We said, okay, we, we got to do this. God, God is making this really clear that we need to take uh, this risk, this uh, step of faith, this uh, challenge for us as leaders. So we're like, okay, how do we do this? So we went to an assessment center together and went through an assessment. That What's an assessment center? That's where they test your <laughs> blood type? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> an ass assessment center is uh, worse than that, actually. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of people who have you there for a week and ask you a ton of questions, put you in really hard conversational situations, make you preach in front of people, and it's super intense. And at the end, for some reason, four people tell you whether you're ready to plant the church or not. So we were like, whoa, okay, let's do this, because this is what you do. And uh, we're, we're pleased to find out. They're like, yeah, you both are ready for this. And we're like, okay. We, part of us was like, maybe they'll say no. I don't know. Um, but uh, that was reassuring to have kind of an objective process to go through and, and a prayerful one for people to say, yes, you guys are ready for this. So we shared this with the leadership team. We've been uh, keeping Mike and Steph in the loop on this, and they were just overjoyed and said, this fits with the vision of Mill City and where it's headed to. We want to do this with you. So uh, we're excited for this, and uh, we're, we're thinking in 2019 this thing will happen. Um, so uh, this summer, we've mentioned it to the membership, uh, and then I would say this summer, this moment kind of hit, and we're like, okay, we've said yes to this. What, what in the world does this actually look like? What are we going to do? So this summer has been a lot of listening and discerning that uh, we're going to share with you a little bit about. But I just want to say that we, we think it'll have a strong sense of Mill City's DNA. It won't be the same church. It'll have the same mission to love our community in the name of Jesus. But I think a, a, a distinct group of people following Jesus in a different place will have an outcome uh, of a different con uh, congregation but in strong relationship with Mill City. But uh, as we've been praying about this, as we've been seeking uh, God together, there has been some distinct pieces of vision that we can see out in front uh, that have emerged. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, soon after you have a baby, I guess that's the time to say, what's the vision for this church, God? Because that's really when it came up for us. Um, kind of in some of the quiet of those conversations when we were away from work and away from, um, from even this community and saying, God, we, we want to know your heart. We want to know uh, what you care about in starting this new church. And um, the scripture that he drew us to was one um, when Jesus, after he's raised from the dead, he's, he's walking with, with two friends to Emmaus, this small town. It says like seven miles outside of Jerusalem. And these two friends don't recognize him. They're people who are followers of him. And they're sharing their hearts. They're sort of heartbroken because they think that their leader is dead. And Jesus listens to them, and he shares some scriptures with them, and he walks with them, and they say, they get to the town. It didn't take that long. They get to the town, and they say, why don't you stay with us? And we just don't want to be done talking about some of these things. You seem to get us, almost. And um, they said, Let, let's break bread together. And so it's in that moment, and this is what really hit me when God sort of said, this is what, this is what I care about. This is what I want you to care about. It's in that moment when they're around tables together. They're sitting down, they're sharing a meal, and he breaks bread with them, and he prays. And that's when their eyes are open, and they see Jesus. And they recognize him, and they say, oh, how are our hearts not burning within us? And it's around the table that these people are transformed. That they get to experience Jesus, the Savior, the one, their friend, the King. And they say, don't, don't go anywhere. They, they want more of Jesus. And so we just got this vision of, of what God could do around tables, of eating with people 
that maybe are different from you, that maybe feel far from God, and we say, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to them? And how many times we've noticed in our own lives that in those moments, that's when we're transformed, when someone asks us genuinely and takes the time to invite us over and say, how are you really? And to hear our story, maybe to open up the scriptures to us. And so just in that sim- simple sort of picture of people gathering around a table, that's what we hope to do. That's where we feel like God is, is going to move in distinct ways. And those are some of the practices that we've already been doing at Mill City. It's not anything new, um, but we really want to focus on that. And so that's really ultimately our hope um, and kind of our starting place of, of what we feel like God could do, maybe in a different way, and maybe, maybe in this, the next community that we're going to be a part of, maybe that's what they're craving as well. Yeah, it was, just, uh, it, it was, it was really cool, God, thinking how uh, both of us kind of came to this shared sense uh, of vision together. And for me, it just came down to the place where I was asking really simple questions like, well, what, what does it actually look like for me outside of my role as a pastor to love my community in the name of Jesus? Or maybe what would I like it to look like? And I thought the, the same thing, uh, having people in our home for meals, or more importantly and more uh, and interestingly, try to get invited over to people's houses. And I was struck by how in Mill City's history, particularly in its group life and in in missional communities, how each missional community has their own story of where they had the opportunity to sit around the table of people who they were trying to love in the community and how transformative that was. And I I tell you, this this table thing, once once you see it, it's like you can't unsee it in Jesus' story and in your own life. Uh, Jesus instituted this new practice of communion precisely because I think he wants to capture this space of everyday life to connect with him and con- to connect with the world. So that, that's where we're going to start, that vision of saying, Jesus, if you called us to love our community in the name of Jesus, why don't we try to do that like you did and invite ourselves over to people's houses, uh, have people around our homes, and, and see what your presence does um, in that space. So. That's a vision. You may be asking some really practical questions like, cool table thing, but what is this actually going to look like? Um, and I would just say uh, we, we, we can imagine a very similar Sunday morning expression to what you experience here at Mill City in a different place, uh, equipping us to love our community in the name of Jesus, maybe with a little more focus and practice on communion because that's a piece of the vision. Uh, where, you might be asking, where is this thing going to be? Um, I think yeah, where is it going to be? <laughs> Mike is super interested in the answers. It's a big reveal. Big reveal. Drum roll? No, let's not do drum roll. That was awesome. (laughs) So Christian Ann and I moved to the Victory neighborhood of North in February, sort of uh, feeling this draw to that area in our lives. And uh, that was confirmed in the initial conversations we had with people that we really felt drawn to inviting into this journey with us. And so we feel like that's a starting place for us, North, uh, West Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Brooklyn Center area. We don't know specifics. We don't know where we'll, we'll worship. Those are things that the launch team, the people who will be at the initial part of starting this church will help us discover and discern uh, together. Uh, when will this chir- church happen might be another question. And the timeline for us is just sometime uh, in 2019. I can, I can imagine with a fair degree of certainty and who knows what will happen, that we'll be worshiping maybe weekly this time next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot has to go into starting a new congregation, a lot of work, 
a lot of listening, a lot of loving our community in different ways and trying new things. So a lot to happen uh, before that happens. So Christian, maybe you could talk a little bit about what it would look like for people to participate in this. Yeah, and I think we, we hope that this doesn't sound like, you know, like Mike was saying, just a good idea. We feel like God is moving. We know that God is moving, and we're excited to see the group of people that he draws together to say, yes, this, this is a launch team. This is a group of people, 40-ish people. Um, that's another specific that you might be wondering, what, what does this group do? They're the people who are not only going to be the, the prayer warriors, the, the people who are there at the beginning and at the end, um, but they're the people who are going to be there to help start this thing. Um, kind of on a weekly basis or as we start up this fall that are going to be doing that, that prayer work together um, to ha- help say the how and the structure and those types of things as well. Um, yeah, so this fall, we, we hope that there's some things that have resonated with you, um, that there's a gift that you might have because we really believe that this was an invitation that God was inviting this whole church into, not just specific 40 people, but there might be gifts that you have or, or talents that you might have to offer or people, like Mike said, that you know that you want to connect to this church. So to ask God, how is it that you are inviting me to participate in what you're doing in planting this new church? We want everybody to ask that question. And then specifically, if you're like, I wonder if, if God might be starting something new in me. That as we've talked with people, as we've sort of met across the table with people, they said, you know, I wanted to get involved here, and it just didn't seem right within Mill City. Or I wanted to maybe start a, a discipleship group, but I felt like I was supposed to wait. And so we trust that God's already been doing some of that work in your hearts. And so if you're wanting to know more and you want to know information, we're going to have a few uh, informational meetings. Um, so if you look in your program, you can do that now. Um, we want you to put down a couple dates in your calendar. That first week of October, um, there's an insert that looks like this, October 4th and the 7th. Um, we, we want to get across the table from you and to hear what questions you have, um, to see what, what you might have to offer in terms of your gifts and your talents and the ways that you might want to participate. Um, and we'll be sharing more kind of about details of, of rhythms that we'll be taking as a missional community style group. That's kind of what the launch team will look like over the fall. Um, but we want to see who else is, is maybe wondering, am I supposed to be a part of this in a deeper way? And so put down those, those informational meetings. One of them is going to be here during the equipping hour. Um, we think that you're already here, and so we'd love just to meet with you in a room here at Sheridan and to hear what questions you might have. Um, and please RSVP to those things. Um, there's a way that you can just get in touch with me over email. There's a form online. Um, and if some of those times don't work and you still want to meet up, we would love to do that. Um, we, we love um, being able to hear what God has already been doing in your hearts as you're wondering if this is uh, a great group of people to be a part of. And if you're passionate about people meeting Jesus in a, in a new and fresh way and just crazy enough to maybe join us in this next unknown adventure. So uh, Steph's not here to speak for herself, so I'll speak for her this morning. I've been empowered to do that. Um, I think we both want to say uh, how proud we are of you guys. And um, I know there's a lot of sadness in the congregation that you won't be involved in the same way, even though we're going to stay very connected. Um, and we, we have a little bit of grieving to do as that, as that happens, which is true for any new thing. But we want you two to know we're, we're really honored as a church to be part of this vision. 
I'm so excited about the idea of people coming around tables in North Robbinsdale, Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park, wherever it is, um, because I think, man, wouldn't it be great if people could have honest conversations about what they believe and, and what's happening in their lives uh, at this time in our country's life? It could be really a great gift to have the gospel shape those conversations. So we're with you, we love you, and thank you for including us. And as you said at the Covenant member meeting, CA, like if it's not an absolute no, come talk to us. Come talk to us. So um, I'd like to just pray for these guys. You guys can participate with me. The band's going to come up. The communion servers are going to come up. Um, In Acts chapter 13, uh, there's a passage where it says, "While, while they were worshiping, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Um, And today's not the last day we will do this, but it's one opportunity we have to pray for these two and say we affirm that the Holy Spirit has called you to do this work and, and we're with you. So let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the story of of J.D. and Christian Ann and their children's lives. We're grateful for their willingness to step out in faith, to do something that's unknown and uncertain, um, but God is clearly from you. And we pray for all the people who are going to join their launch team that are going to help them discover what you have in mind for this new church. We pray, God, that lots of people who are currently not connected to you, not relating to you, would find you through this work. We don't need there to be one more church, God. We need there to be more opportunities for people to come into your kingdom, to know that, Jesus, you have died and risen again and that you have forgiveness and grace and mercy to offer everyone and that you have a calling on each person's life to do the things that you have created them to do. So we pray, God, that this new community would would be that space for some people who, are, who currently don't know you or are far from you or hurt because of their experiences. Protect Christian Ann and JD and their children. Watch over them. Protect their marriage. Unite them as they go forward and bring them um, good friends who want to journey with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.